Hi there, and welcome to Proverbs 31 Wannabe, where we discuss biblical womanhood in our constantly busy and sometimes crazy daily life. I'm Alexis Heeslip, and as a wife and mom of two, I'm always striving and praying to be a Proverbs 31 woman of faith. We're about halfway through our Fruit of the Spirit series, and today we are going to be looking at what it means to have the fruit of faithfulness. There is a lot to cover, so... Let's dive on in and discover what it means to be faithful and trust in the faithfulness of God. Before we dive into faithfulness in the Bible, the first thing I want to do is define what faithfulness means. Um, According to my study Bible, faithfulness is a remaining steadfast to one's commitments. I feel like faithfulness is something that we are losing in a culture and this episode was really intriguing to me to record because there is a lack of integrity I feel in today's society and there's a lack of faithfulness because we are being lied to saying that we do our truth, you do you, and that can change on a whim. So I felt like this episode is really important because we can take the knowledge of what it means to have steadfastness to our commitments and teach this to our children just like the Shema tells us in the Old Testament so that we can be an example for them against the current of unsteadiness. So we need to see though first an example of faithfulness and what it means to be faithful and we can find that throughout scripture about how God is faithful And the first thing I want us to look at is the aspect that God is faithful. He is steadfast in his commitments. And his faithfulness just isn't so-so. It isn't just average faithfulness. But our God is a God who has great faithfulness. And I wanted to look in the book of Lamentations to really drive that home. I don't know about you, but the book of Lamentations is one that up until a couple of years ago, I was not extremely familiar with, but there is a lot of beauty in this book, uh, and there's a lot of knowledge to glean from this book. So I want us to turn to Lamentations chapter 3, and we are going to be starting at verse 19. And verse 19 says, The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercy never ceases. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. And it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. This is such a powerful uh, passage in scripture. And what's really interesting, something that I've learned from watching The Chosen and diving into um, our Jewish roots in Christianity is that this part of scripture is something that is in the morning prayers that the Jewish people say and is 
one of the first things, great is his faithfulness. It is one of the first things that the Jewish people pray every single morning before they even step out of bed. And I think that is amazing because by praying this prayer in the morning, um, the Jewish people remind themselves of the faithfulness of God and how great it is. And I, I really like that practice. And it's something I want to start doing myself is reminding myself the first thing I do before I even get out of bed is to pray. Great is his faithfulness. And I think that's amazing because when we remember that our God is a God who has faith, great faithfulness, then we can remember throughout the day to rely on him in any situation. Now, another thing we need to keep in mind is that his faithfulness is great and he is faithful in every single thing that he does. And we can find examples of scripture. I have two examples of this. The first is in Psalm 33. So if you would turn with me to Psalm 33, verses 2 through 5, and it says this, Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything he does. He loves what is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord is fills the earth. I love this psalm because this just reminds us that I love verse 4. It says the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. Because our God is a faithful God who remains steadfast in his commitments, we can remember that everything that he tells us is true. Whether that is something that we enjoy hearing or something that is hard to hear. And I don't know about you, but I can find great rest in that. I feel like there are so many people out there just searching and searching to find rest in something that is true. And we can be an example and show other people that we can rest in the truth of the word of God. And when you do that, you can find great rest. Another example that I would like to read in scripture is Psalm 111. So turn with me and it says, Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. He causes us to remember his wonderful works. How gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives food to those who fear him. He always remembers his covenant. He has, he has shown his great power to his people by giving them the lands of other nations. All he does is just and good, and all of his commandments are trustworthy. They are forever true to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. He has paid a full ransom for his people. He has guaranteed his covenant with them forever. What a holy, awe-inspiring name he has. Fear the Lord the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Now, this um, psalm really ties in with the fact that his faithfulness is great. He is faithful in all he does. And our Lord is faithful to all the covenants that he makes. And we know um, 
if you read the Bible, there are so many covenants that God makes with his people. And no matter how many times we as people, because we are a sinful people, no matter how many times we mess up, no matter how many times we turn our back on God, no matter how many times we ignore his faithful, true, pure words, he will never turn his back on us. For example, um, in the book of Exodus, we see how God led the people out of Egypt. But right after the Lord led them out, and God promised he would lead them to the promised land. But right after the Lord led them out, the people complained, and they whined, and they questioned why they were brought into the desert. And they were complaining and moaning, thinking they were going to die in the desert. But instead of God getting mad and destroying his people, he gives them food. He gives them manna from heaven. Another example that I can think of is during the time of the judges. Even though the people had forgotten God and were doing things according to their own desires and thoughts, God did not abandon his people and he put people in positions of power who in a world where there was not a lot of love for God would lead the people back to him. Another example we can look to is King David. Look, God told the Israelites that they don't need a king because he is their ultimate king, but because the people doubted, they asked for a mortal king anyway. And God could have ignored them. He could have yelled at them. He could have punished them. But instead, God shows mercy to his people and gives the people David as a king. And he is faithful to his promises that he will never abandon his people. He told Abraham he will make his people as numerous as the stars, and he did. And that he would be with them forever. And the most important covenant he had made was that he would not leave sin and shame and the devil to win. And we can see this through Jesus because Jesus fulfills the promises of the Father. And there are two passages that really highlight how Jesus fulfills all of the covenants that God has made in the Old Testament. And the first passage I want us to look at is found in the book of Acts of all places, Acts of the Apostles, and it's chapter 13, and it's verse 23 and then 32 to 33. So let me get to that verse. And this is what it says. And it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who is God's promised savior of Israel. And then verse 32 says, And now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors. And God has now fulfilled it for us, their descendants, by raising Jesus. This is what the second psalm says about Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. For God had promised to raise him from the dead, not leaving him to rot in the grave. He said, I will give you the sacred blessings I promised to David. Another psalmist explains it more fully. You will not allow your holy one to rot in the grave. 
This is not a reference to David, for after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. No, it was a reference to someone else, someone who God raised and whose body did not decay. Brothers, listen, we are here to proclaim that though this man Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight, something the law of Moses can never do. I know I got ahead of myself. I couldn't help but keep reading up to verse uh, 40. But that's the beauty of the gospel. These verses right here is that our God, our Father who loves us, fulfills his promises, his covenants, because he is a faithful God who is steadfast in his commitment to his creation. And he sent Jesus as the fulfillment of his promises. And another beautiful example that shows us how Jesus fulfills all the promises of the Father is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. And these verse says, As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. I just love how Paul beautifully says it. Without Jesus being sent to the earth as a person to experience humanity, to grow up in this world, and to bear our sins on the cross and die for us, without that, God is not a faithful God. But because he sent his son to do this, we can see that without a doubt, our God is a faithful God and loving God. Now that we've seen how our God is a faithful God, what can we do and why do we need to be faithful as well? So we know that because our God is a faithful God, we must be faithful too. And we see this early on in the Bible. We are commanded. We are not just, you know, it's not just a recommendation that we are to be faithful. No, we are told in Deuteronomy, that we need to be faithful and obey his commandments. Deuteronomy 11, verses 13 through 15 say this. If you carefully obey the commandments I am giving you today, and if you love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and soul, then he will send the rains in their proper seasons, the early and late rains, So you can bring in your harvest of grain, new wine, and olive oil. He will give you lush pasture land for your livestock, and you yourselves will have all you want to eat. You see, when we obey his commands, when we pray and and we obey, our walk with God will grow in abundance. And we can hear his will better for our lives so that we can fully serve our Father. He wants us to be able to prosper in verse 14. 
He wants us to be prosper and he wants us to succeed, but we can't do that on our own. We can't do that in our own accord. We, because we are fallen human beings, we can't rely on ourselves, on our own uh, thoughts, on our own feelings, because our own thoughts and our heart are not always aligned with the will of the Father. And that is why it is so important that our prayer life, our relationship with God needs to be one of the most, if not the most important thing in our life. And I know that as moms, as women in this busy world, it's so easy to feel like we're getting pulled away from what is the most important thing. We feel like our children distract us, our jobs can distract us, the crazy stuff happening around the world can distract us. But we are called to be a people who faithfully walk with God, especially when it is such a hard thing to do. And when we do that, we can really serve our Father. And I love um, looking at the Bible when it tells us what it means to serve. And we can look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And these verses tell us, just a minute, shh, go. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. You see, my friends, the point of our lives is not to be comfortable. It is not for, uh, the point of our life is not so that we can have the best of everything. That's a lie that the devil wants us to think is that our life is about being content and comfortable, but that is not what we are called to do. We are called to give everything that we do and give our gifts to bring glory to God through Jesus. And the glory doesn't go to us. We're not doing what we do for praise or for the prestige or for wealth or for power. That is not what our motivation should be. Our motivation motivation needs to be so that we can give glory to God. And we as a people, myself included, have really lost sight of that. So that is something that we as Christians, something that really need to work on, remembering that this is not about us, it's about God. And a way that we can help ourselves uh, be reminded of this is remembering that God has many, many promises for those who are faithful to him. And some of those include that when, when we are faithful to God, he'll protect us, he will bless us, he will not forsake us, and he guarantees us life. And when we remember, and those aren't even all the promises that God makes for those who are faithful, but those are just some of them. And, you know, even though we are promised these things, life still isn't going to be super easy. We are still told, even with all of our 
promises to those who are faithful. It's not going to be an easy walk. And that's a harsh reality that we have that I feel like many Christians today, especially if you're from uh, a Western society like the United States, like I am from, that this is something we have lost sight of. But if you keep reading on in 1 Peter 4, the next couple of verses remind us we are going to, if we are faithful, to suffer. So I want to, to, to really think about this, to drive this point home. Let's start at verse 12. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also... If the righteous are barely saved, what happens to the godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God and keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. You see, my friends, this is why it is so important that we remember the Shema that God has given us in the Old Testament. We are to hear the word of God and teach the word of God to our children so that they know what it what it means to be a believer so that when the trials of life do come because they will come it is inevitable they will be able to stay strong in Christ and know and rest in the fact that he is a faithful god even in the times of suffering that is why we really need to take heart parents moms adults in the community we need to be so active in our faith so that we can be this example to teach the shema of what it means to be a follower of god so that when the time comes for our suffering we can hold steadfast to god's commitments to us Lord, thank you so much for reminding me today about your faithfulness, how you have steadfast commitment to us, even though we kind of flop a lot in our commitment to you. Lord, your scripture reminds us that when we are when we realize that you're faithful to us and we are faithful to you, that then we will understand what is right, just, and fair and find the way to go. When we are just enveloped in your faithfulness, Lord, we can find rest in you. And Lord, I pray that throughout the week, as we go about our daily lives, that we can be reminded constantly of your great faithfulness to us. And we can remember your son, Jesus, who gave it all so that we can be saved because you 
uphold your promises. Lord, I pray that as older members of this community, that we can be this example for our children so that we can teach them Shema. We can show them what it means to follow you so that they can be strong in their faith when trials come their way. Thank you, Lord, for your unfailing love and your faithfulness to your people. We love you, God. Amen. Thank you for listening to Proverbs 31 Wannabe. We hope you enjoyed the program. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our YouTube channel. And check us out on our website at www.proverbs31wannabe.com. We would love to hear from you, especially in the comments. Please be sure to come back next week as we continue on our journey through the fruit of the Spirit as we look at gentleness and what it means to find gentleness in the Lord. Until then, this is Alexis Heeslip, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.